Good morning, Freedom Center. Would you guys allow me, usually at the end of the, the message, I say, could you give me two more minutes? How many of you guys give me two minutes on the front end of this thing? Let me see your hand. Two, four, six, eight. There's a, um, been doing nothing but this for a few decades now, and, and occasionally you come across a moment like this one where you say, let's, let's not go any farther. Um, let's stop for just a moment. Um, I, I want to share with you a story that I hope is going to be encouraging to you and will apply to the message that we're about to wrap up this three-month series with, but um, let's talk about dots for a second. Dots are these, these significant moments in our lives. Um, the day you're born is a dot. The day you get your heart broken by your first boyfriend or girlfriend, it's a dot. The day you realize you don't like Brussels sprouts is a dot. Uh, the day your taste buds change and you do like Brussels sprouts <laughs> is, is a dot. And, and sometimes in a series like this, we're looking to see what, what pictures are the dots creating? Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? We'll see dots and we'll think God could never redeem that dot. God could never use the brokenness of my pain, the brokenness of this moment, the, the fear, the disappointment, the, the discouragement, the, uh, uh, the strife. Like, God could never redeem that. The, the cancer, the bankruptcy, the divorce, God could never redeem that. And I, I want to start today by simply saying this to you. We serve a God who will not waste a dot. If you're in the midst of something today, and we're singing that song, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, I've seen you move, you move the mountains. There is a sense in this room of people going, yeah, I've got that story. But there was another sense in this room of people saying, I'm not sure that that applies to me because I'm in the middle of a dot that's being formed, that's painful, that's discouraging, that's hard. Before we got in the Word today and I started becoming me, um, trying to get us to learn and to grow, I just want to stop and just say to you this. I, I, I want to say the words, I don't care what your dot is, but I want to leave the impression that I don't care because that's not true. I'm, it is irrelevant what created the dot because I promise you that God is the one who connects dots and forms a beautiful picture. My life made no sense before coming here. My wife will tell you that we used to have, they weren't arguments, but they were stressful conversations of volume. And she would say things that she should say, like, I, I will submit to you. I, submission is great. If you could just give me a clear mission, you can count me in. I said, well, I'm not sure. I think I want to do that. Maybe I, but I like business, but talking to people. I might be a teacher, which would floor my teachers. I might want to be a coach, which is ridiculous because I have no athleticism. I might want to I, I be a gym teacher. That would those who you know, can't do teach, those who can't teach, teach gym. You know, maybe that was for Shane Steckroth, whoever Shane is. Um, you know, maybe there's that, that, that thing, and, and, you know, I understand, like, listen, if you just tell me where we're going, I'd really appreciate that, because my security gland is, is you know, it's not, it's, it's squeezing, it's, so help me out here, and it wasn't until we came here that somehow, and this is what I'm trying to get to this morning, the, the girl that broke my heart in eighth grade, the boss that fired me, the drill sergeant that called my mama names, um, police work, combat, uh, addiction, homelessness, proficiencies, great gifts that I had, abilities, coach, mentors, tormentors. They're all dots, but it wasn't until we came here that we realized we were born for such a time and such a place as this. And this is my promise to you. As we, and that's got to be Mrs. Pat. Yeah. Thank you. My mom's not here, but my mom is here. Um, if you're in a weird moment and there's a weird dot and the dots aren't connecting and you're confused, I'll just, I get it, just make this promise to you. God doesn't waste. 
And there's going to be this time where either he's keeping you from something, leading you into something, preventing something. The devil gets way too much credit because God can redeem whatever the devil would lead us into, number one. Number two, it isn't always the devil. Number two, it isn't always the devil. <laughs> That's painful. That can't be God. Uh, Bible. Maybe, maybe God does lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. But in that, if we'll fear no evil, it's only because he's with us and we know it. So God's with you in your valley today. God will connect your dots. And let's get in the word today. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. We are wrapping up three uh, months of teaching. One of the longest series we've ever done. And we've, we've dealt with basically this scripture. For we are God's workmanship. And that word workmanship is poema. Anybody know the modern word we get from the Greek word poema? Poem. We're God's poem. We're, we're a syllable. We're a comma. We're an exclamation point. We're a sentence. We're a limerick. We're a phrase. We're, we're the right sound in the right place at the right time in a poem that's been spanning thousands of years. You are God's poem, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born again, a fresh work, a new creation to do good works, the word ergo, E-R-G-O, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, we've been really drilling into this, and I won't belabor it this time, but just know this. Before there was a you, there was a purpose for you. Before you did the work, you were created to do the work that you're going to do or are doing now. You were born for such a time as this. That's not just an Esther scripture. That's a you scripture. There are promises that God has spoken over you, whether you know them or not, that pertain to the substance of your life. And God is going to move you and prepare you and put dots all over you until they connect. And in that moment, you become a giant killer. But the day before, you're a shepherd boy. That moment, you're a rebuilder of cities. But the day before, you're cut bare to the king. That you're, you're a shepherd out watching sheep and suddenly you see a burning bush and you walk over to see what's going on and God tells you who you are. Fear me. Everybody had one thing in common and that is the day before they found out there was something, they thought they were nothing. The day before it all came together, none of it made any sense. And with this thought that before there was us, God prepared a work for us. We were actually created for a work. This work is yours. This destiny is yours, now preparing for it, moving towards it, not being diluted from it, not being polluted so you're not qualified to do it. it that's what's on us. But God has created a significance in you and a significance for you, and you're one day closer to it today than you were yesterday. Pretty cool way to live, right? And, and I, the reason we talk about this so much, and the reason we started with two months of making sure our foundations were sound. We talk about time management, all that kind of stuff, is because I think it's really important if, if, we, if we disqualify ourselves by our habits, by our past, by our, you know, not observing the blood of Christ, by not knowing who we are, by living in wanton ignorance or running after you know, fake things, then our death baby says, is that all that there was? But if we, if we live this well, if we, if we set the right atmosphere to grow in this and to move in this, man, God can do some pretty amazing things with our lives. And so sometimes we're kind of like Charlie Brown. One of my favorite cartoon strips is the Peanuts and Charlie Brown, and he's got an arrow, and he shoots it, and he hits a fence, and Linus walks up and says, what are you doing? He says, I, I'm, I'm shooting my bow and arrow. He says, are you good at it? He goes, I'm an expert at it, grabs a paintbrush, and draws a, draws a bullseye around the arrow. <laughs> and I think sometimes we say, how are you doing? We go, oh, uh, I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, what are you comparing it to? Well, I, nothing, no one. Uh, you know, my arrow's a little higher than his arrow, so I guess my arrow's fine. My arrow's a little to the left. I, I don't know. I'm just drawing it around because I, I'm, I'm afraid to tell people that what I'm doing doesn't have much meaning. I'm, I'm afraid of what I'm doing because I don't want to tell you what's really going on because I, I guess I'm fine. I mean, I, I paid my bills. I got a roof. I, I, I've got credit card debt. I got a, a dog that likes me. I got a cat that despises me because that's what dogs do, and let's be honest. 
Actually, I found a way to make a cat more like a dog. You want to hear it? You soak it in gasoline, throw a match on it, it says, woof. So anyway. Give us Barabbas. What happened? It was such a beautiful crowd just a moment ago. So we look at a few things. We look at the stewardship of time. We can't, we can't waste it. We looked at the stewardship of money. We, we can't be in debt and, and get to where God wants us to be. We, we have to be meaningful, and, and these dots, we have to be purposeful. We have to live in the wisdom of Scripture, in the counsel of God, because until it makes sense, we just have to do what God tells us to do. And when we do what God tells us to do, it positions us to do and to be what God has created us to be. Oh, and by the way, we had our first couple in Financial Peace University get debt-free. $74,000 in 22 months, gone. Credit cards being paid off, really exciting stuff. Next one starts in January. Yes, that was a commercial. And today, we're going to talk about the stewardship of you. Uh, we're going to continue and kind of finish the series. We talked about it from the point of three questions. What's your passion? What is it you just love to do when you're done doing what you have to do? What is it you want to do? Your pain, what is it that kills you? What is it you wish you could prevent or stop or increase so that others wouldn't suffer? What is it you would do? And then your proficiency, which is where we're going to today. And our hope is, is that this X right in the middle of these three overlapping circles becomes the reality of your life. Where you can wake up every morning and say, I'm going to live there. I'm going to be that. I'm heading towards this. This is what I'm shooting for every day. I'm passionate about who I am. I'm passionate about what I do. I have a pain that's being relieved by me just exhaling and being who I am and giving and serving and managing and budgeting and scheduling, and I, I have this, and, and I'm naturally gifted at it. The things that I do so well come naturally to me. I enjoy doing them. I'm passionate about it. It relieves my pain, and I'm good at it. How many of you guys would love to live there? Let me see your hands. Somebody say amen. How many of you wish your spouse lived there? Don't do it. Don't raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. My wife did, right? So today, let's talk about proficiency. What has God uniquely given you to help you be effective in the good works, Ephesians 2.10, the good works that he has created you to do. What is it that comes naturally to you? And there's a few questions that we're going to ask this morning and that might kind of take that a step farther and help you examine it a little bit more. And some of you are going to find this. Some of you are going to find, like, yep, I'm right in the right spot. Some of you are going to find out, you know what, I'm a long, long ways from the right spot. And we're going to talk about at the end what to do if you're in either one of those positions. Here's question number one. What comes naturally to me as if it were a gift? and not a developed discipline. I know when you look at me, you think athleticism <laughs> and the lack thereof. Uh, I'm not coordinated. It doesn't come naturally to me. I may have noticed one that's just naturally gifted with athleticism. They're faster. They can jump higher. They can run farther. They're just that kid that when you took the presidential fitness test, they still have presidential fitness tests anymore? Do they? That's encouraging, because I was always the fat kid that failed. So I'm glad there's still fat kids everywhere being shamed by the president's physical fitness test. One chin up? No. To save my soul? No. A little sympathy would be good. It's too late. No, it's too late. doesn't matter. Right? But there are other things that I was good at. If you look at my physical fitness report, you'd see that I was a fat, slow kid. But if you looked at my report card, you'd find out that I talked a lot. I was naturally gifted at it. Loved to do it. Matter of fact... In classroom settings since kindergarten, I have been doing what I am doing right now. I just didn't become the teacher until 30 years ago, but I've been, I've been talking in class and in front of classes and around classes. I've been uh, gifted as an encourager and so forth. So I, I come back and say, what, what about you? Like, what is the thing that just, you're just natural at it? Some people can look at a field and just envision how to make that field produce. And some people can look at people and just figure out like, how to help them become who God made them to be. And some people have great compassion. And some people, I don't, you don't know why, but everybody has a problem seems to call you. Like, there's a reason they're calling you. You have something that the other people they know don't have. Maybe it's patience. 
Everybody else said, I don't want to hear about your problems anymore. Maybe it's wisdom. And when you speak in them, they go, huh, that makes sense. Like, I, I totally get that. Maybe it's knowledge. Maybe the, the book called Scripture, called the Bible, that's so unapproachably hard for them, comes very naturally to you, and you're just a naturally gifted teacher. Whatever it is. I mean, some people look at a, a, a pile of lumber, and they see a house. Some people look at a pile of lumber and hope that, you know, no one makes them move it. Those are different gifts, right? Some people are strong. Some people are smart. Some people are all the above. Adam Cook drives me nuts. He's all the above. But, but for the rest of us mortals, you know, this is a good question to ask. What comes naturally to me as if it were a gift? Like someone just gave this to me. I've always had this. And it's not a discipline I've developed. Second question. What do people who know me call on me for when they ask for my help? Is it advice? Is it counsel? Is it finances? Is it marriage? Is it health? What is it that people call you and say, like, I, I need to talk to you? And then, you know, why? Why is it? What do they see in you that God put there that they would be drawn to ask you those questions? Third question, ask yourself. If I could put 10,000 hours, that's 4.856 years of 40-hour weeks, 52 weeks out of the year, into one thing, 10,000 hours into one thing to become a, a global expert at it, what would that one thing be? Like, what would you want to study for 4.851 years, Right? Like, it's got to be something you're fully engaged in. What would that one thing, 10,000 hours? Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers. Anybody read it? Malcolm Gladwell, one of my favorite authors. All sorts of interesting facts that make no sense, but they're always interesting facts, right? And in there, he talks about how the NHL hockey players, the all-stars, all have birthdays. Most of them, about 90% of them have birthdays within three months of each other. And the reason is because when they got on the ice in peewees at five, they were almost a full year older than the other kids who were getting on the ice that were almost four. So what they ended up doing, one's almost six, one's almost four. They're all five-year-olds, but the better players got more ice time. They got on the better teams. They got the better coaches. And he realized that if you're set up to get your 10,000 hours, you can become an expert at anything you want to do. The difference between an extraordinarily gifted musician and an average musician is not some sort of innate ability that God programmed them with. It's the amount of time they got muscle memory, the amount of effort they put into it. So everybody here, if you want to become an expert, what is that one thing you'd give the next 4.851 years to that you would totally give yourself to study, to prepare, to be mentored in. What's that one thing? And the last question, if you had 10 grand, let's say up to 100 grand, that, that'll pay for a whole year of school. Out of state. Um, that you would put that money into developing this gift. Now, we're going to do something. I've been pastoring this church now. I've been serving it for 25 years. And I'm going to do something for the second time that we've, we've done in, in the last 25 years. And that is this. In a moment... They're going to play a little bit of music. Guys, it can't be copywritten music because if it is, we get thrown off of Facebook. So have fun with that. I can sing the Jeopardy theme song, hum it into the microphone if that'd be helpful. There goes Pastor Kyle. <laughs> Why doesn't he tell me it's ahead of time? Good. I'm going to, I want you to find two, at, at least, as many as four people, and I want you to ask these questions. One or the other, and I want you to answer that question. What comes naturally to you? What do people come to you for? What would you put 10,000 hours into? What would you put 10 to 100 grand Oop, into? And in doing that, I, and this is why. This is an exercise not to get you to know each other. Some of you are like, my gift is not talking to people, and I hate you right now. <laughs> Just consider this a dot that God will someday connect for you, sweetheart, okay? So find two. That's comforting. Everybody came with somebody generally, or they know somebody, or the person next to them doesn't look like they're an axe murderer, which is why they are one. Uh, they can hide it. And I want you to spend, let's say, this is my one thing. This is, my, this is what I would do. This is my proficiency. This is what I would put 10,000 hours into. This is what people call me for. This is what I want to be. This is what I believe God has given me a gift to do. Are we ready in the back with the music? No? Okay. I'm going to go to the piano and play. Is it on? All right. You've got three minutes on your market set. Go. Two to four people. Break up into groups. Break up into groups. Two to four people.
yourself if you have already. Not so loud, guys. Put it down, please. This is what I'm doing. If you haven't already, let the next person talk. If you haven't already, let the next person talk. If you're on live stream, do this with us. If you're sitting all by yourself somewhere, do this with, with just by yourself. What's the one thing that uh, you, you just believe God's given you natural giftings at? 30 seconds, guys. a hand. You guys did it. Wonderful job. Group encouragement. Step farther. And um, you're going to have to say it out loud. Nope, I got a mic. And we got a microphone. I'm going to ask for three brave people to in 10 seconds or less. How many seconds? You're not allowed to ask for two more minutes. Only the pastor is allowed to do that. I think this is what I'm naturally gifted at. On your mark, raise your hand. Over here. Pastor Carl's over here. Anybody over here? I see. No, he were itching. Well, that's dangerous to scratch right now. I see Mike Miller right there. Mike Miller is going to answer this question. What's the one thing, Mike, that you just feel naturally, naturally gifted at? Do you want me to come up there? You can no, right here? there. <laughs> I never get the platform back. Miller, oh, you know okay. that. Well, that was it. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Can am. I tell you who you are? Sure, go for it. I'd love to hear You're it. my friend. <laughs> Everything else pales in comparison anyway. Why, why fight it? I, I, I can be it. a pretty good friend. So. <laughs> You're an awesome friend. Yeah, good. And Mike, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how old are you? 57. Okay. So I know you to be a godly man who has a wonderful family, who is anointed and called, and it is comforting to me to hear a 50-something, I won't repeat it again because it's a dirty word, your old man say, I'm still finding myself. Mm -hmm. And how many guys think God has a wonderful plan for Mike's life? And it's, it's being unfolded. All right. Couple more, couple more. I see a hand in the back, back there. Stand up. Who's that? Who is that? Austin Russell. Austin Russell. I like to work in the children's ministry. I like to work with kids. <laughs> what are you doing in here? I got to get my service and then I go help in the <laughs> Good. service. You're taking care of your soul. All right, one more. Brave soul. I see a hand over here in the aisle way. I can't see who it is. Jason Forsman. Jason, why is everybody knows everybody but me? Good. Hi, Jason. Hey, uh, I like to speak and help leaders uh, reach their full potential. 
Right on. I love it. So, Pastor Kim, you got one? You're saying amen. Okay, all right, good. I thought you were volunteering. Okay, I may just know that in a group this size, it's impossible to go around everybody, but, but two things just happen. One is by, by taking it from what is in here that only we can see and only we know and only we hear and putting it out there, how many guys know everybody in this room just took another step forward in their development to become what it is they believe God wants them to be? But let me say this. God created everything physical in the world that exists with words. God who created us with language gave us language to create. And when we speak, we create many times our, our destinies. We're going to talk about this now, but it isn't like we're, we're creating a destiny. We're, we're actually we're unveiling a destiny. I was standing next to a, a Michelangelo uh, sculpture at the Vatican last week, which is just a nice way to start any story, isn't it? So I was in the Vatican the other day, and Pope and I were playing Parcheesi, when all of a sudden he points out, but you look at that, it used to be a rock. That sculpture was a rock, not like a lump of, it was a rock. Someone saw the rock and then began to cut away everything that didn't look like what they saw in it. Listen to me, when you speak of what God has put inside of you to others, you're cutting away the lies of what you're really not supposed to be and airing what is supposed to be. You're showing what's underneath all the rocks. Does that make sense? All right, so we're going to overlap these things, and again, this is what we're shooting for is a sweet spot. I would love it if you woke up every morning and this was your life. If you've taken the time that we put in this the last three months, you've done the journaling, you've written the circles, you've written what you're passionate about in the circles, pain, and overlapping, this will begin to emerge. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5, it's, just a, it's a verse for you to give you some excitement, some energy, some promises to stand on. It says this, Proverbs 20 and verse 5, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. If you've been doing the work, you now have insight that 95% of the people in the world don't have. They haven't asked, what's my passion? They just go, how do I not experience pain again today? They haven't asked what it is that's causing them godly pain, not bad pain, but good pain or even God pain. How do I relieve the suffering in this world? They are the walking zombies. They're the, they're the, the, the drones that live for a season and die and make no difference. Please hear my heart. As your pastor... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, God gave to the church different giftings, a pastoral gifting, a teaching gifting is one of them, to prepare God's people for works of service, ergo, E-R-G-O. Ephesians 2.10, God prepared works in advance for you to do, E-R-G-O, and now he's prepared a pastor to help you see and ask questions and have insight, and now it is up to you to draw those things out. Don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Don't be in a hurry. It doesn't matter if you want to kill a giant today if the giant's not ready to die. Doesn't matter you want to build a city today if the king is against you that just destroyed the city. There's timing in all of this. So I didn't just say quit your job. I didn't just say quit your relationships. I didn't just say move to someplace else. I simply said this. I believe that if your soul is not yet satisfied with where you are and who you are, it's because God's leading you towards the place you're supposed to be, the person you're supposed to be, and will release you at the proper time when you trust him. Somebody say amen. So if you're on target, take these insights and have fun. Uh, piano guy, join me if you would. But if you're not on target, what if that's your life? I'm living so far out of the sweet spot, I, I'm, I'm not even on the map. Um, I'm a long ways from where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I'm going to introduce you to another Greek word today that I, I hope you never forget. It's called metanaio. Uh, meta is the root that means to change. Naio, we get our word knowledge from. It's translated in your New Testament most often as repentance. Repentance. How many of you thought repentance was sackcloth, ashes, weeping, kneeling at an altar? It is. That's, that's an expression of naio. But what if nine times out of ten, repentance looks like this? Hmm. I didn't know that. 
I'm here to tell you that nine times out of ten when I repent, it's not for the sins that I've committed, though they be many. It's, it's the knowledge I didn't have that I now do have. I thought this was my life. And I thought that this is what I was supposed to do. And I thought this was who I was going to be when I grew up. And I thought, and then God joined all my dots together. And I abandoned the plans that I had for the superior plans of the Lord. Metanaio. Uh, we get another word, metamorphosis, or metamorphos. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says that uh, don't be conformed, pressed into the mold anymore of, of this world, but be transformed, metamorphosis, metamorphos, by the renewing of your what? Your mind. So this process begins with the light coming on, metanaio, a change of knowledge, a change of knowledge can produce a pattern that becomes a change of you. And that's what we've been laboring for for the last three months is that you would get a glimpse of you, a brand new glimpse of you. And, and let me say, if, if you're like, but no, my life is good, man. I got a stable job. Hey, you don't understand. My, my kids live in this community. Hey, you know, I, I've been working on the same degree. I, I'm three years from my pension. I'm, I, 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 listen, I totally get that. I'm not trying to screw up your life um, much. I'm just trying to get you to see that maybe the life we've created for ourselves is not the end of what God has created for us. And if that's the case, then how would you get from the outskirts of town to the center of town? It's metanaio. I, I, I realized that I'm not living the life God created me to live. And then I almost wrote a, uh, I wrote a book called Why is Greater Than What that deals with this in great detail. I almost wrote a follow-up book to it because people read it and the light came on, but they lacked a second thing. I almost wrote a second book, I may someday, called Guts. Because there's a difference between knowing what I'm supposed to do and doing it. What's the difference? Guts. It takes a lot of guts to confront yourself. It takes a lot of guts to change your life. It takes a lot of guts to have conversations with people around you that say that direction I've told you is our direction. I feel like God just said to do this. It takes a lot of guts. Don't get stuck trying to figure it all out. But just as a few brave souls did the day, you said, you know, I think I'm this. Or I think I don't know. By verbalizing that, you've taken a step forward and a step forward and a step forward until God fills in your blanks. When you realize who's God made you to be, you begin this metamorphosis. It starts with the change of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your... But then what happens? My mind is not an isolated thing. It's attached to other parts of my being, like my heart. If I start saying things like, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when. I don't know where. But I know that there's something in my heart that he's given me to give away to people. And I think, I think I'm just looking for that place. I think I'm looking for that people. I think I'm looking for that time. Well, something's transferred from my head to my heart. It's gone from, from a knowledge to a... Uh, a difference in my being, in my soul, in, in my spirit even. I, I feel it now. When, I'm, when people start talking about Haiti, I don't think about it. I, I actually feel it. When people talk about Rome, I don't think about it. I feel it. When people talk about you, I don't, I don't think about you. You're not a statistic. You're, you're like my family. I think about you differently because my head is attached to my heart. So when you realize that there's something here, beyond here. You repent of here. This, you know, anyone who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, James says sins. So no, sin is when you do something bad. Okay, but James says sin is also not doing the good you know you should do. And then a special silence fell over the Freedom Center as we all contemplated that one, right? So you change your mind, you change your heart, you change your heart, you start to change your words. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? 
right? Go blue. It just comes out. <laughs> Next week, Abel. Hold it. Hold it down. Next week. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, just, it just comes out. So now I'm starting to talk about my passion. I'm starting to talk about my engaged pain. I'm starting to realize the gifts that God gave me serve a greater purpose than just making me money or friends or influence. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind, the metamorphosis is taking place. Well, if I change my mind and my heart and my words, how many of you know my patterns start to change? Let me, just, let me just throw this in there because I want you to not be disillusioned if and when this happens. When you start to share where you're going, maybe the people you've been walking with here don't want to make that journey to walk with you there. When I was an alcoholic, I didn't want to be drunk around sober people because when you're the only drunk in the room, you feel like, uh... but when you're drunk in a room full of drunk people, you feel like you're normal. And so I, I would go to where drunk people hung out to be drunk. When I became sober, I said, guys, I can't drink anymore. God's got something more for my life. I've given that part of me to Jesus, and I, I don't even want to be tempted. I don't want to go to the bar and say I'm going to have a Coke because I've done that for years, and I come home with Coke all right, but it, it's the stuff that goes up your nose, not up the straw, you know? So I'm, I just can't go there anymore. I, I have to be done with that. Well, what, do you think you're better than us? What do you think? Like, and this is where people can kind of like, I can't go with you there because... My nothing is convicted by your something. My nowhere is convicted by your somewhere. So B, can I just throw that in there? To, this isn't just addiction. This is maybe if you have a dream of a ministry or your pioneer is something. Not, sometimes people love us enough to tell us they think it's a bad idea, thinking they're doing us a, a favor. But sometimes, like, they're not trying to talk you out of it because they don't love you. Sometimes they're trying to talk you out of it because they do love you and they don't see where you're going. Is that fair? But it's going to change your patterns. And then the patterns are going to change your trajectory. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm becoming it. My, my patterns have changed. Become it. Now I, it literally has changed the focus of that arrow in my life. And then the trajectory of your life is the thing that actually changes the world. Less ends three months as a pastor to a congregation, as a brother to brothers and sisters, as a friend to friends, for me to simply say this to you. Don't miss life. I know I'm supposed to stand up here and say, don't miss heaven. And we will. But I, I want to hear in, a, in a, a crowded room full of people that I know Jesus say over and over again, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful Lions fans. Well done, well done, well done. We can't get to well done unless we do. And we do well. And we do well faithfully. Does that make any sense to you or is that just for me? We can't hear well done, good and faithful servant unless we do good and we do it well and we do it faithfully. And so how do we live this good, faithful, done well life? I, I think it's the three circles. In my life, um, that's what it is. I wake up every morning and say, I'm passionate. God, lead me. I'm, I'm in pain. God, you know, help me. I'm, I'm, I'm proficient. God, use me. And in doing this, my life has moved from the kid that talked in the back of the classroom to the pastor that talks in the class in front of the congregation. And I know that there's a metamorphosis that's waiting when, once there's a metanoio of who you are. So next month, it's Christmas, we're going to talk about who you are in Christ. Not, not what you're created to do, but who you are. And we'll talk more about that next week. But I just, I just want us to come to this place right now, right here, where if we're, not, if we're not in the center of that bullseye, we're making a commitment to find, to move, to metanaio.
to metamorphose, to know, to change, to evolve. Nobody move. Nobody stand up. Everybody sit down. I say stand to your feet, and everybody stands, and 14 people walk out. So sit down. Here we go. Close your eyes. You and Jesus. Your creator is listening always. It's a good thing. He's watching always. It's a very, very good thing. He's on your side, and he loves you. One simple question, am I living my purpose, Father? Am I being good? Am I being faithful? I don't know, I'm a million miles away from the target you, you originally shot me at. If you realize right now in his presence that you're a long ways from where you're supposed to be, meta not you. Change your mind. Prefer what's superior to what's inferior. Choose it. Embrace it. Walk in it. Get accountable to it. Change your mind. Change your heart. Change your heart, you change your words. Change your words, you're going to change your patterns. Change your patterns, you're going to change your trajectory. Change your trajectory, you're going to change the world. That's how people do it. They find themselves in Christ. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you're like, Jim, I'm not right with God. Can I suggest to you that there is no finding that bullseye without Jesus directing your, your life? There's no finding that bullseye without Jesus directing the arrow of who you are. How can I hear good when no man is good? How can I hear faithful when no man is faithful? I believe what God's talking about, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not looking at our resume of works. He's, he's looking at the influence of Jesus in our lives, what we allowed him to do in us and what we allowed him to do through us. Those things being married together. And if you're here today, you're like, I'm just a long ways from God right now, Jim. I, you're in a safe place to say that. No man, no woman here would religiously judge you based on your behavior. And the reason is because we're, I mean, this church is full of some really wonderful people, but most of us are just the bad news bears. We, we just, we have no business being where we're at, where we are, no business doing what we're doing. If anybody says good job, we just point up to Jesus and go, well, you just should have seen me before him, right? So not many of us were wise, not many of us were learned, and not many of us were able. But God has come into our lives and he's helped us. His grace, his mercy has allowed us to grow. And we want that for you. If you're here today and you don't know the saving, beautiful, loving knowledge of Jesus, then today's your day. Right here, right now. You're not here by accident. You're here because you're supposed to be here. You're listening because you're supposed to hear this. And now, metanaio, repentance, choosing a different path, seeing something superior to the inferior. Your free will is the trigger that you pull to shoot the projectile of your being into this world. But it is your trigger, and you alone, you alone squeeze it. I can't. God can't. If you're here and you're not right with God, and you want to be right with God, by the time you leave this room, I want to pray for you. It's part of my being. It's part of my passion. It's a deep, one of the deepest parts of my pain are people that's just, they just think God's a long ways off. They don't realize how close he is. If you're here right now and I want to be right with God, I'm going to ask you very simply, very privately, very quickly, in just a moment to raise your hand. It isn't so that you can be counted. It's not so that you can be categorized. It's because something inside of you has to engage with something outside of you. Faith, that is trusting God without works, it's like there was no faith. So it's a very simple act. 
but by raising our hand before one man, which is me, and your God. I believe that what you believe, what he believes about you, who he knows you to be, it, it just, it engages it all. I wouldn't ask you to do this unless it was important for you. So if you're here today and you say, today's my day to get right with God. In just a moment, I want to ask you to raise your hand. Think about it. Commit to not you. Change your knowledge. Change your mind. Change your heart. And it was from there. I'm not right with God, Jim, but I want to be. If that's you, raise your hand right now. All over this room. Yeah. Best part of my day. Best part of my life. Father, I pray for the uplifted hands. And I ask you now, God, to come into their hearts and forgive their sins. They squeeze the trigger. Aim their life, God, in a different direction. If you're here right now, just pray this with me all over this room. We pray this every Sunday just about, and, and the reason is because we want to create an atmosphere where people can talk to God without feeling embarrassed or self-conscious. It's just, a, it's just a little bump start. You pop the clutch and you take off with your walk with Jesus, but we just want to be as a family involved and engaged in this moment in your life. It's an honor. Thank you for trusting us and allowing us to be a part of this moment. It's so special to us. Would you say this with me all over this room, whether you're praying this to encourage the people around you or you're praying this for the first time, let's talk to Jesus right now. Say this to him. Jesus, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. You were right. And I'm so glad. Forgive me. Wash away my past. Birth all of my tomorrows. I changed my mind about you. I'm on your side. You're on my side. From this day forward, I belong to you. And you belong to me. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your word. And I'll see you soon. Amen. Stand to your feet, please, all of this room. The 14 people that have to go, you can go. Rest you, rest you, stay. I mean, they have legitimate responsibilities elsewhere in the building. That's what I mean by that. So people are coming forward right now to pray for anyone that has a need that is yet unmet. So you walked in the day saying, you don't understand what I'm going through. I need prayer. You talked about who I am. I, I'm just trying to breathe. I'm just trying to survive this, this dot that's being drawn in my life. Or you need a miracle of healing. Or you need a, a moment with God. Or you need whatever it is. People that are coming forward are trusted. They're wise. They're loving. Uh, and they can bench press over 400 pounds. So if you need some great way, yeah, Pat waved. <laughs> like I said, great faith, great faith. Yeah. So if you need prayer, this is the direction. Our, our next steps, if you'd like to be more engaged in the church, it's going to happen in 10 minutes in the youth room, out the doors, turn to the left, left again. We would love to spend a few minutes, like 15 minutes with you, telling you who we are, what we believe, where we're going, and your next steps of engagement. Everybody wants to go to a friendly church, Yes? But after about six weeks, you need to make friends. So, hey, good to meet you. How are you? Good to see you. Like, that's different from, hey, let's do lunch Thursday. So going to church is this. Being the church is this. And the way you begin this is by going down there, becoming a part of the church. So in the meantime, live long, prosper. New series next week. And I look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. Prayer this way. First steps. Get your kids. Parking lot.